Hello and welcome to another episode of The Rambling Alchemist. So as you know, I'm taking part in the Walk a Thousand Miles Challenge again this year. In order to achieve that, I'm going to be signing up for a few other virtual events along the way to help me achieve my goal. So why am I doing that and what are virtual challenges anyway? The thing is, I'm not super motivated. I don't get up in the mornings raring to go, desperate to get a few miles in before breakfast. I'm just not. That's just not me. I know there are plenty of you out there who love to run and are super motivated all the time, showing off in your lycra shorts. I get it, I really do. But if it works for you, fantastic. More power to you. It just doesn't work for me. Although since my new healthy eating regime started, which I'll talk about in another episode, I have plenty of energy, I still find it hard to get motivated in the morning. During lockdown, that's been even worse. I own a wellness centre and that doesn't open until 10 o'clock purely because I can't get up any earlier. So when I took up my first walk a thousand miles challenge a few years ago, I wasn't sure if I was gonna make it. I think my body thought, what is going on? I did struggle to get through that first year, but I made it and I was elevated, I was elated with my shiny new medal. So when I signed up for the second year, I decided I needed more motivation. That's when I found other virtual challenges. Virtual challenges started way back. People would record their mileage, send them in by post to some central place where it was all verified. A few weeks later, they got a shiny medal back for, for them. Um, it was all fantastic. It was a new thing and everybody loved it. But then technology turned up. Fitbits, Garmin, smartwatches, Strava, MapMyWalk, all the other bits and pieces that we've got to um, map everything that we do in our lives. And the online virtual challenge was born. It didn't take long then before everyone was jumping on the bandwagon really. Lots of companies started their own challenge. And now in 2021, there are hundreds of options for you to choose from every month. Virtual challenges are great. It's all about motivation. They're easy to sign up for. You just find one you like. You find one that's got a distance that you want to do. Or you just find one with a pretty medal. It doesn't really matter. Usually you pay around 20 pounds, which covers the cost of your shiny new metal and often a neck buff. Um, I have loads of those. You get them from pretty much every event you do. They're great, keep your leg warm. They are fantastic. Some of them have automated systems to record your miles. Some of them let you upload miles manually. Uh, so whatever you do, whatever suits you best, really. I have a Garmin Instinct, which records all of my steps. It always records all of my walks and anything else that I do. It's linked to various apps so that I can upload my mileage any way that the website decides is best for it. A quick tip though make sure you only have one app linked to the challenge at any one time. My first week of this year, I realized I had a couple of different apps and they linked to the same challenge. It was recording my miles twice. Don't do that, it's cheating. Also, you're only really cheating yourself, so um, you're not gaining anything. It's amazing how motivating a piece of metal on a ribbon can be. I'm like a kid at Christmas when my medals turn up in the post. I'm 54, it still excites me. Whilst there are loads of different websites doing these challenges, especially now during COVID, my two favourites are Action Challenges and their Ultra Series and My Virtual Mission, which is actually where the Walk a Thousand Miles Challenge is this year. So Action Challenges are the company that run all the real world challenges that I've done. The Jurassic Coast, South Downs Challenge, uh, the London, the Windsor Walks that I've done. They're also really well organised. <clears throat> you get free food at all the rest stops. There's plenty of staff on hand. There are marshals all the way along the course to help you if you get stuck. There's always somebody somewhere that's going to help you within just a, a few metres of you. I've already got a stash of their medals, t-shirts, buffs, a hoodie. Um, 
But obviously, all of that's been cancelled this year uh, until we're allowed to go out in groups again. So they have started with their virtual challenges too. I've already amassed a few of their medals from the virtual challenges uh, over last year, and I'll be signing up for some more this year. They're probably my favourite company. I just like the way that they operate. The other company that I work with is My Virtual Mission, which is obviously where the Walk a Thousand Miles comes from. Um, but that's purely virtual. They don't do any uh, real-life events. Uh, the only difference between the two, really, is that Action Challenge events are based around their real-life events. So there'll be, a, there'll be a, a, a Lake District one, there'll be a, um, a, a South Downs one, all of those kind of things are based around their real-life events. Whereas My Virtual Mission tend to be based around famous routes. There's a Hadrian's Wall one, a Land's End to John O'Groats, a Camino de Santiago, there's a Route 66 one. They also let you choose your own mileage and they do a Conqueror Challenge, which allows you to walk as many miles as you want in whatever distance, in whatever time you want, you want to do it for. The My Virtual Mission medals tend to be a bit bigger. Um, not that that should really sway you, but they are quite pretty, so, you know. Another nice touch from My Virtual Mission is that along the journey, as you reach milestones, they will send you a postcard through your email, um, which sort of shows you where you would be if you were on that journey for real. That's quite a nice little touch. There are plenty of others around too. <clears throat> if you hop around the internet, you will find lots of people offering more of these challenges. A lot of them donate money to charity, um, but that makes them a little bit more expensive because obviously you're paying for the charity donation. I prefer to sign up for a challenge and then raise money separately. And I can use Just Giving or one of those websites to do that. So that's virtual challenges, where to find them. If you follow my social media, you'll find plenty of links to their websites um, where you can sign up and give them a try. But also if you hop around the internet, you'll find plenty. Another tip I learned from a lot of these challenges, uh, they are meant to be done in a month. That's a calendar month. Now, don't forget, February has three days less than all the other months. So if you choose to do an event in February, you might run out of time. I did that last year, realised that I was uh, really struggling at the last minute. So I display all my medals at home. Not really for anyone to see. It's just really for motivation for myself. Whenever I feel like I'm struggling or I can't keep up, uh, I can see the medals um, that I've earned so far. Um, and it, it sort of shows me that I can actually do this. I, I really, I can get on with, it, with these things. I have achieved in the past and I am sure I can do it again. So hopefully that's given you an insight into virtual challenges, why I do them and um, what, what the point is really. It's all about motivation. Now, apart from motivating myself with virtual events, <clears throat> I've also been more interested in nutrition and vitamins while I've been walking. So I thought I'd share some of my views on that. As I said before, I'll talk about my healthy eating regime in another episode, but during my walking, one of the things I've been careful to uh, increase is my vitamin C intake. So vitamin C is an essential vitamin, and it's something that your body can't produce. You either need to take it from your diet or from a supplement. It's found naturally in fruit and veg, things like oranges, kiwi fruits, red peppers, broccoli, kale, spinach, all those kind of things. How much vitamin C you should take is debated and argued all over the place. In the UK, the recommended dose is between 70 and 90 milligrams per day. The problem with this is not everyone's the same. There are 7 billion of us on the planet and that's 7 billion totally different people who all need totally different things. We have different amounts of, of needs for energy, <coughs> for nutrients, uh, depending on our height, weight, excessive uh, exercise levels, fitness, how our body absorbs vitamins, all sorts of things. Also, different countries often recommend different amounts. So how do you decide? Having read many articles and looked at all the data 
My personal preference is to take around 1,000 milligrams a day. Too much vitamin C isn't particularly harmful, although more than 2,000 milligrams might cause an upset stomach. If you take more than you need, your body just discards it and flushes it straight through you. My preference is to take more than I need and then get rid of the excess rather than risk not taking enough, which can lead to other problems. So why do we need vitamin C? Well, vitamin C is a strong antioxidant. It helps to boost your body's natural defenses. Antioxidants boost the immune system, protect cells from the harmful effects of free radicals. So too many free radicals causes something called oxidative stress, which can lead to chronic heart diseases and chronic diseases of the body. Now there have been plenty of studies done which show that people taking an average of about 700 milligrams a day have a lower risk of heart disease. Of course, often when people take vitamins, they have a healthier lifestyle anyway. They're the sort of people who will eat healthy anyway. So it's difficult to know if it's vitamin C is helping or it's just generally their diet is better and their health, their living is better. Another important nutrient we need to survive is iron. Uh, and it seems that vitamin C helps the body to absorb iron. Now this is really important if you are on a meat-free diet. Meat is obviously a major source of iron, um, but there is plenty of iron in, in vegetables. Absorbing it can be more difficult. So the increased levels of vitamin C can help you to absorb that better. Now low levels of vitamin C have been linked with an increased risk of memory loss and thinking disabilities. So at 54, well, I'm really keen to improve my memory. I quite often walk into a room and forget why I'm even there. So studies have shown that high intake of vitamin C has a protective effect on thinking and on memory. On top of that, vitamin C does appear to reduce the severity of colds and helps you to recover faster. During COVID, I'm really quite keen on boosting my immune system and trying to do anything that'll help me stay healthy and to fight off any kind of disease. So that's it, this is vitamin C. I've been taking it for a long time and I'm never ill for very long. So to update you on my thousand mile journey, I'm now walking along the English Riviera, which is the name given to Tor Bay in Devon due to its sandy beaches, relatively mild climate, and its recreational and leisure attractions. I've been here plenty of times myself, for real, especially when I was younger, and at one point, when I checked the virtual map, I was standing right outside the Devon Hills Holiday Park in Paynton, where I've stayed in a static caravan when I was younger. At the time of recording this, I'm walking through Torquay, and I've just walked past the Princess Theatre on the seafront, where I once saw Joe Pasquale perform. I was so rock and roll back then. Torquay has apparently been inhabited since Paleolithic times, and a fragment of jawbone found in the nearby Kent's Cavern is believed to be the oldest example of modern human in Europe. In fact, the Kent's Cavern is Britain's most important Stone Age site, and there is evidence of early man as far back as 40,000 years ago. I wonder if they saw Joe Pasquale too. There's a rock formation in the caverns known as the Face, because, well, it looks like a face, obviously. And it's known that Roman soldiers left offerings here during the period that Britain was part of the uh, Roman Empire. For sports fans out there, some of the water sport events at the 1948 Summer Olympics were held in Torquay, apparently. Sadly, Britain only won three golds that year, and none of them were in Torquay. Oh well. When we're allowed out again, you should try the English Riviera if you get a chance. It's really nice. So, the next leg of my journey takes me north along the Devon coastline on the way to Exeter. I'll let you know how I get on next time. Thank you for listening to The Rambling Alchemist. For more information and to follow me on social media and read my blog, head over to www.stuartlovell.co.uk.